I want to tell you guys something. I used to be, let's go to the message slides. I want to tell you guys something that I used to be, and I want to see who believes me. I used to be a ninja. <laughs> raise your hand if you believe me. What did he say? Oh, you guys, raise your hands. You're my favorites. Everybody else? No. <laughs> okay, I wasn't like a full-blown ninja, but I did temporarily take, kind of like this ninja, I did take Taekwondo, which is like kicking, you know, stuff. And I, I remember one time in Taekwondo, I was sparring with a kid. She just like practice fighting. And I kicked a kid in the side of the head. Like, he wasn't on the ground. He was, in, he was like standing in front of me. And my foot could go higher back then. It doesn't go that high today. But I kicked him in the side of the head. It was awesome. It was pretty cool. But I stopped after, you know, I'm not that long because ball is life, basketball. So I played basketball a lot more. But I was also a different kind of ninja. I was a fruit ninja. Thirteen years ago, this game came out that I played in middle school on my little iPod Touch called Fruit Ninja. Yeah, Fruit Ninja. You guys like Fruit Ninja? Is that still a thing? Who has Fruit Ninja on their phone or whatever? Okay, so that's still a thing. Man, 13, 14 years later. So when I was your age, I played Fruit Ninja too. And I, I love it. It's so satisfying, like chopping all the fruits. When you get like three or four fruits in a row, like... I'm awesome, right? You're like you're high on life when you're doing that. I want you guys to tell your neighbor if you could chop any fruit in real life with a real sword, what fruit would it be? Tell your neighbor right now. Go. Okay, I want to hear these fruits. What'd you guys say? Ooh. Okay, if you cut a cherry with a knife, you're a boss. That's right. What else? Help me out, guys. Help me out. What other fruits back here? Dragon fruit. Coconut. That's technically a fruit, isn't it? Yeah. Right here? Watermelon. Watermelon. You got to have some muscles to chop a watermelon in half, right? You guys got one? You guys got a fruit over here? No? Really? Okay. We'll do one more. Cantaloupe. One more. Tomato. Okay, those are all pretty good. Man, you know, I was thinking... I didn't, it was, this was too short notice, but I was thinking it'd be so cool if I could get, find somebody with like a samurai sword or something and katana, whatever you want to call it. You do? It's too late. Maybe one, how would you guys like for one, one youth night, we do like Fruit Ninja in real life. Go through that, chop it up. You got to be careful. Somebody's going to chop something off, man. But anyways, yeah, give a, give a middle schooler a big sword and see what happens. Youth ministry. That is so smart. But. Bring it back, guys. Bring it back. Bring it back. I'm glad you guys are excited about all the fruits that you want to chop up. And not people. That's good. So, fruit in the Bible is talked about as a result of faith. Your faith is similar. Because a seed gets planted in the ground, and then it grows into a plant, and then that plant makes fruit. And in a similar way, when you come to faith in Christ, it's like a seed has been planted in your heart, and your faith grows. And then this thing happens where you bear fruit. What does that look like to have fruit in your life as a result of having that faith? Well, Galatians chapter 5 tells us what some of this fruit looks like. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Say it with me. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So I'm curious. Does anybody want some of this fruit? Does anybody want more love in your life. Say yes. yes. Okay, good. Does anybody want more 
joy in your life? Say yes. Anybody want more peace? Does anybody want, so forbearance, that word just means patience. Does anybody want more patience with their little siblings and classmates and teachers and parents? you want more patience? Do you want more kindness? Do you want more goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Good. I'm glad. But how do we get it? That's what we're talking about tonight. How do we get this fruit in our life? Jesus tells us how and is connected to who he is. Tonight is our last night in our I Am series. Everybody say, aw. It's okay. You guys are happy about it because we're starting Legends next week. So you're cool with that. But tonight's our last night in the I Am series. And we're talking about what Jesus says in John chapter 15. This is what he says. John chapter 15, verse 1. He says, I am. Everybody say, I am. Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, And I and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So I brought a branch today. I took this from... One of the trees, I stole this from one of the trees in the parking lot. I know, I'm living on the edge, guys. So, there you go. From one of the trees in the parking lot. Now, this, I'm pretty sure this tree doesn't grow any kind of fruit because who puts a fruit tree in a parking lot, right? You don't put nice trees in parking lots because then the fruit falls down and it kind of makes a mess in the parking lot. But let's just pretend. Well, do you guys see anything wrong with this? What's wrong with it? Well, yeah. Snapped it off a tree. Most branches don't have roots. But is there anything else wrong with it? Where's the rest of the tree? All branches don't have roots. Is there anything else wrong with it? Where's the tree? That's the right question. Is there a branch with no... Yeah, good job. There's a branch with no tree. It's broken off. Uh, we were in John chapter 15, the whole first eight verses. So it's a branch with no tree. What can this branch do? I mean, it can kind of, it can make like a nice decoration, right? Whack people. That's true. You can eat it. Would you eat this right now? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Oh, he did it. That's so gross. This has been out in the dirty parking lot. Okay. Man, I love youth ministry. What if we did that in adult service? Just pick a random adult, right? Eat this leaf. That's great. So this branch is useless by itself. Apparently it's good for something because Ryan likes to eat random plants. But other than that, this branch can't do anything. And let's just pretend. Hey, hold on, hold on. Let's just pretend, you guys, that this branch was connected from an apple tree. Okay, it's not, but let's just pretend it was. This is an apple tree branch. How can this branch grow fruit? It has to be connected to the apple tree. If I go and I take this to an orange tree 
nothing's going to happen. If I tape it to an apple tree, nothing's going to happen because it's broken. But branches from, for apples grow on apple trees. Branches for orange, oranges go on orange trees. There's your science lesson of the day. But I said this obvious thing because Jesus is making a point to say, I am the true vine. Now he's talking about grapes. Grapes grow from branches on a, on a vine. It says, I am the true vine. Connected to me, you can bear fruit. Connected to me, you can have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. All the things that you said you wanted, you can have that when you're connected to Jesus. But he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You're like this branch. But here's what we do. Sometimes what we do is we like... We try to be connected and we try to find love, joy, peace. We try to find the fruit in places where we're not going to find it. Jesus says, I'm the true vine. The true vine for grapes is a grapevine. The true vine for an apple tree branch is an apple tree. Apples don't grow from orange trees. You have to be connected to your creator. This branch can do nothing if it is not connected to the tree that made it. He's the true vine. But what we do sometimes, we think, all right, well, Jesus, my vine, whatever. But we, you know, we try to find love in other places. So I got my phone here. Maybe you're texting your boo thing on this. And you're like, that's my source for all my love in my life. And this is literally what you do. Is this going to bear fruit? No, it's not. All right, my mom likes to listen to my messages. That's why I'm recording. Is this going to bear fruit? True story. No. We, we take this branch and we say, you know what? I'm going to find all of my joy is going to be in what my friends think about me. So we go up to our friends and we go. It looks kind of silly, doesn't it? Or we think, man, I'm going to find all of my peace by getting good grades this year. So we go up to our report card and we go like this. But it doesn't bear, it doesn't bear fruit because it's not the what vine? The true vine. Jesus says, I am the true vine. If you want the fruit, you have to be connected to me. Because he is your creator. And a branch can only bear fruit if it's connected to the thing that made it. He made you. You can only have that fruit if you're connected to him. So then we think, all right, how can I be connected to Jesus? Right, guys? We think, how can that be possible? We think, well, maybe... If I just pray like all these holy sounding prayers like, God, thou art so holy and majestic. And I try to sound a certain way to God or I try to be like that cool church kid. Or maybe if I do the right Bible plan, if I do my Bible plan in a year thing, then I'm really connected to God. And those things can be good. But even those things are not themselves divine. Jesus even talks about that to people who are really religious. And they were always like reading their Bibles and they're always praying, but they were super legalistic. That means that they just wanted to follow a bunch of rules and they didn't actually love God. And Jesus says, you read these scriptures and you think that in them, literally in the pages of paper, you have life, but you never turn to me so that you can have life. Because this is meant to point us to him. Looking down at our Bibles is meant to point us to looking up at Jesus. He is the vine. 
And I, I struggle with this myself. One time, this was like a couple weeks ago, I was walking around a park and just doing like a prayer walk. And I felt guilty about that. And I know that sounds weird, but I felt guilty because in my mind, I've kind of been trained or I, feel, I thought that my devotional life has to look like my Bible open with a coffee there. I don't drink coffee, but people do. The coffee there and like, you know, doing this certain way of like connecting to God. But that's just religion. That's not relationship. And, I, and God's working on that in my heart to, uh, to get that out of me. But the truth is we have to be connected to the real vine. So how do you shift your focus to the source, to the vine that you really need? Jesus says that the solution, you, you know, the solution is like way simpler and way easier than you think it is. He says, stop striving to be and just be, just be loved by me. You are not a human doing. You are a human being. That's what God made you to be. He made you to exist with him. John 15 verse nine. This is how we do this. As the father has loved me, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. The thing that connects us to the vine is the love of God. If you're a church kid, Johnny, sit back there. If you're a church kid and you grew up in church and you're, you're used to like hearing about the love of God. I think we are, but we sometimes, we forget about what it actually is. Because God's love is different. But to be connected to the vine, you have to, our point here is you have to allow yourself to love and to be loved. God's love is different because we love based on need. I love my wife, Brianna, but I also need her. Like she's been gone. She's in El Centro right now for her rotation. She comes back on the weekends. That's why you guys see her on Sunday. But like it's, life is not as good when she's not around. So I love her, but I also need her. You love a lot of things. You love your parents, but you also need your parents because they put clothes on you and they, and they feed you and they provide for you. We love God, but we also need God because he holds all of reality in his hands. God loves you. But he doesn't need you. How does that work? If you never had to eat again for the rest of your life or drink, your body would just be the same that it is. You'd be healthy. You could eat if you wanted to, but it wouldn't make a difference. You would never feel hungry. You would never feel thirsty. You would just feel normal. You never had to eat again for the rest of your life. Would you ever eat again? You would. Because... You like food or you like your favorite soda, right? You love it. Even if you don't need it, you would still eat it. You would still drink it. You still want it because you just love it. And God doesn't need us, but he delights in us. God doesn't need us, but he desires us. He desires you. He is jealous for your affection, the Bible says. Now you might think, hold on, like God is jealous. Like that doesn't make sense. I don't want to have a God that's jealous. That sounds kind of needy, clingy. Well, think about it this way. If I went to Brianna, my wife, and I said, hey, babe, so I just downloaded that Tinder app, and 
I've been swiping and I got my first Tinder date tonight. She's like, oh, great job. I'm so proud of you. High five. Hope you have a great time. I'll see you tomorrow morning. How would that go? Like, would you think if that was her response, if her response was like, oh, that's great. Cool. I got it too. What's up? If that was her response, you would probably think, man, she doesn't like you that much. Right? Jealousy, in that sense, it means that you care. She's jealous for my affection. I'm jealous for her affection because I love her. She loves me. God desires your affection. And when you turn and you give it to other idols or other gods or other distractions instead of him, he is jealous for your heart. He is jealous for your love because he loves you that much. And so since we misunderstand God's love for us and how much he actually desires us, the creator of the universe desires you. What we do is we take our human perception of what love is, of like needing stuff, and we try to apply it to what God must think of us. So I need to be something for God to love me. But it is so freeing to know that you can never let God, God down. He is always proud of you. You can never impress him. You don't have to try to be loved. It's kind of like this. You guys know when you're a little kid and you, and you make that drawing and it's really bad, you know, at school. And you know, I was thinking all, all little kid drawings, they're like the people have like straight arms or like box arms. And then sometimes the fingers just look like this, like three lines. I think it would be a great horror movie if little kids pictures on the fridge came to life at night and like climbed out of the painting. Like, you know, that'd be, that'd be pretty scary. I don't know. Somebody should turn that into a movie. I'm just saying. But little kid drawings are not good. But even if a professional artist, imagine, put the phones away, guys. Imagine, even if a professional artist, his little girl comes to him and says, Dad, look, look at the picture that I drew. He's going to say, wow, that's so good. He's going to put it on his fridge. And he's going to be proud of her. He's not going to be impressed with what he did with what she did. But he's going to be proud of her. Why? Because that's his kid. When everything you do for God, you're like, God, look at my grace. You know, God, look at this thing that I did for you. God looks at it. And God is not impressed. But he's proud of you because you're his kid. I think, it, I think that should make us feel free. I think that should make us feel happy that we can never let God down because you can never let God down because you weren't holding him up in the first place. He is always proud of you. He's always crazy about you. He always loves you. No matter what you bring to him, he is fascinated, not with the thing that you did, but he's just fascinated because of you. He's fascinated with you. He loves you. The Bible says you're the apple of his eye. You make his eyes light up and he wants to shower you with grace and compassion. When was the last time in your prayers that you prayed, God, I love you? We don't always do that. Some, if you're like me, then you've kind of prayed like, all right, dear God, uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for this thing that happened. Thank you for this and that. Now my prayer request is, God, I want this and this and this. Uh, thank you that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Amen. Goodbye. We pray like that. But that's just, that's not really fun. That's not really real. That's just kind of going through the motions of something and it's not a real 
genuine love relationship that God wants. It's not, you guys, we come up here and we say, spend time with God, read your Bibles. Like, look, God wants to spend time with you. It's not just God wants you to spend time with him. God wants to spend time with you. God craves time with you. God desires your affection, your heart. And so in my devotional life, I was starting my prayer. I was doing this prayer journal thing last week. And I opened it up and, and, and I was thinking about starting the usual, like, God, thank you for this and that, whatever. But I, I just started out and I started, I just wrote like, God, I love you. I love you. And God, I just felt like God met me there in that moment in a way that I can't like fully describe. And then my, my phone dings and my phone was like face down like this and it dinged. And I never do this. I, usually I don't even look at my phone if I'm doing like a devotional time. But I just kind of felt like I was like, God, would you like speak to me through this text message? I know it's a weird thing, but I've never even done that before. But I said, God, I love you. I just felt so close to God. I was like, God, would you just say something to me? And I turned over my phone and my wife texted me. She texted me a Bible verse. She said, Romans eight thirty nine through 40. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height or death or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in this moment, I was like, God, I love you. My phone dings. God, would you say something? God said, I love you too. And nothing can separate you from my love. No sin you've committed, committed ever. Nowhere you go. Nowhere you try to hide. Nowhere you try to run. You guys, that's how your God loves you. And you can have the fruit that you want. The love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, all those things. You can have it by being connected by love to the vine, to the true vine, to the only source. And if we just forgot everything else, we threw everything else on the window and we just sat here every, we just said, hey, we're gonna focus on one thing. We're just gonna sit here and say, God, I love you and just hear him say, I love you back. If that's all we ever did for our entire life, you just have an amazing life. That's all you need. That's why Jesus says the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God. It's a love relationship. And because you are loved, the result of what you can do, the last point is that you can love others as you have been loved. Jesus says, I, as I have loved others, as I have loved you. So you can't really love others like this if you aren't being loved. If you aren't choosing to experience that love of God in your own life and in your own heart. And so he says, Greater love has no one than this, to to lay down their life for their friend. And he's talking about like dying for your friends. He's probably talking about himself going to the cross. But you can lay down your life for others without actually dying. Like you're laying down your life and saying, my life is not about me. I put that aside. I'm lifting up others. Because I have been loved by a God who put me before his own son by sending his son to the cross. I can put others before myself. But to do that, you have to allow yourself to be loved. You have to allow yourself to forget about all the other distractions that want to keep you from God's love and allow yourself to really experience that in a deep and real way. 
You have to be connected to the true vine, Jesus, and you will see the amazing fruit that God wants to bless you with. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the true vine, God. And we, we just want to say that we love you. We love you, Lord. We are your people. We are your bride. We are your church. And we love you. And we want to abide in your love. We want to remain in your love. As all these things in our life want to pull us away from your love, Lord, we want to remain connected to you. And God, we thank you that nothing could ever separate us from your love, that we can always abide in you, that we can always remain in you. And Lord, if, if anyone here tonight just doesn't even feel like they're remaining in you, God, I just pray that they would reach out to you tonight, Lord. That they would reach out to you and say, God, I want to experience your love again. And that every morning we could just start a day by saying, God, I love you. And as we're going throughout our day, we can just see all the ways that you've loved us as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, guys.